Girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood. Our top goal this year is to grow our podcast audience. So if you're new here or you're an avid listener of this podcast, please subscribe, leave us a five star rating, write a review, and be sure to share this episode with a girlfriend or two. All right, so before we get into uh, today's episode, I do want to introduce our guests. We've had a guest on every week of the month of March, um, celebrating Women's History Month, and today is no different. So today we have Alicia, who is a friend of mine. Um, We actually have a mutual friend, and we've had a mutual friend for several years, but just physically met each other in 2019 and have remained in contact. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining us and thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, we're going to jump into our first segment, which is called Girlfriend Check-In. And today we're going to do a question from one of the Instagram pages that we follow. Her name is Nidra Tawab. And the question that we have, it's from her spring cleaning your mental health. What are you learning most about yourself? And Alicia, we'll start with you. Um, so for me, when this whole thing came about, I wasn't really sure how I was going to handle being a stay-at-home mom because I was like, I don't, I need to work. <laughs> I'm not used to that, but it, it really hasn't been that bad. So I'm just, I learned that I'm, I can be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It's really not that bad because I kind of am finding ways to, um, build a routine for myself each day. So it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. What was the, uh, what made you like the most hesitant about like wanting to stay home? Was it that you would be bored or anything else? That was part of it, but I just, I'm used to working. So I'm like, I'm like, I need to be around other adults. <laughs> like it's, I was like, this is because I've, I've done it before. Um, I did it for like a year and I, I about went crazy. And so I was, so just, basing it off of that experience I was like I'm not gonna be able to do this <laughs> but it really is it hasn't been that bad and then I've started back working out so that helps too so nice okay yeah. Miosha I'm gonna kick it to you what are you learning about yourself yeah so mine is I guess a little bit similar to Alicia in that I've learned that I can get used to almost anything almost is the key word I would always say that, oh, I'm not a morning person. I can't get up early. And I don't know, over the last, I would say two months, I've been pushing myself to get up earlier. I just find that now that I'm a mom, that that's just kind of the best time for me to do things for myself, like work out, get other projects done. And sometimes I think we maybe put labels or expectations on ourselves before we actually try it out and try to be consistent at it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just found that I can get used to it if I just, one, practice it, set a goal, a routine, um, and it's not that bad. So note to self, before you label yourself as being X thing, at least try it out. 
Mm, that's a really good message, especially at this time of year where we're at the end of quarter one and going into quarter two. And I feel like a lot of the reason why people might leave their New Year's resolutions behind <laughs> is because they're like, oh, I'm just not good at X, Y, Z. Um, so I think that's a really good message. The thing that I'm learning about myself, which other people around me maybe have known this before I got the news, but <laughs> is that I um, really value being in control. And um, I'm learning not to be in every situation. Like I'm learning to state what I want in situations that I can't like fully control mm -hmm. and, uh, and just trust that, you know, the people who I'm around uh, will take that into account <laughs> uh, or that, you know, things will just work out the way that they need to. As long as I communicate what it is that I desire, like my desired outcome, I'm learning to relinquish a little bit of that control but yeah I do value being in control quite a bit um it makes yeah. me feel it makes me calmer like because I know I got me you know <laughs> right. yeah I know who I can depend on and it's your girl so uh that's that's what I'm learning about myself I can say as someone close to you I could see that in you a little bit but I I can acknowledge it as from a place of knowing you can depend on you when you have someone you're like oh this person's got it even with me, I feel like you're willing to relinquish some control because you're like, oh, Miosha's dependable. She got it on certain things. And you know, if I don't, I'll tell you. Yeah. Baby steps, you know, see, <laughs> I got to start from somewhere, you know, am I going to be the person who's just like, oh, entrust everybody with everything? Absolutely no. not. Um, but people who I can trust, who people who I think will listen to what I want and at least try <laughs> mm -hmm. to implement it a little bit. You know, those are the people who I think I can relinquish control to. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get into today's topic, which just to piggyback off of um, a discussion we had two episodes ago with Stacy Ann, we're discussing how a lot of times people think, oh, whenever I'm ready to get pregnant, it'll just happen for me. Especially, you know, when it comes to certain cultures, it just seems like, oh, that's the norm. We're fertile. We're going to get pregnant, right? But the reality is that that's not the case for everybody. You know, sometimes there is um, a gap in between the time that someone might expect to have a child um, versus when they actually do. And so that's what we're talking about today. Alicia has been so gracious <laughs> to join us and share her story about her journey to conceiving. And so we're going to get into that and learn a little bit from her. All right, so I'm going to start it off, Alicia, by just asking you, right, kind of setting the scene here. You got married at what age? 24. 24, okay, mm -hmm. and, um, and you had a, a bonus daughter, that's correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Gotcha. So was pregnancy um, at 24, like, a priority at the beginning of your marriage? We didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. Like, I always knew I wanted kids, but we didn't give it a whole lot of thought in the beginning because our main focus was my bonus daughter, so... We didn't really, we didn't try to prevent it, but we didn't give it a whole lot of like thoughts. <laughs> so around what time did you decide to possibly start trying for a child? And what led you to start thinking about having one? Um, it was probably like around the time when she was around three or four. I think it was, we was more like, okay, like we want, cause I knew I wanted in my mind, I knew anyway that I wanted to have my kids at least by 35, but um, 
that's not exactly working out, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, because I wanted to be done by 35, but so I was like, yeah, I need to get this ball rolling or whatever. So yeah, it was about that time. And how old were you? So when she was three or four, how old were you at that time? 27. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And, and how, if you don't mind me asking, how many children at that time did you envision or desire to have? Four. In okay. In addition. Her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Big family. <laughs> it's a big family yeah. now. I, so I come yeah. from a family of four and I don't, I guess that does seem like a lot in this day and time. To I mean, them. with the parents, that's six people. You need a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Not SUV. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> went straight to the, the mom car, like the stereotype. Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm not a minivan <laughs> person. <laughs> or okay. what do they call those? Uh sprinters, the Mercedes yeah, sprinters. The sprinters. <laughs> I can do a sprinter. Nice. Yeah. Those. No, those are nice. I can do sprinters. Mm-hmm. Google's Mercedes Sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh back to the topic. So what led you to like start thinking about it was that you wanted to have this number of kids and by a certain age right and that's a really good age um actually yeah. <laughs> I think yeah 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 anyway I don't want to go into my reasons for thinking that's a good age to stop having children but I have some oh uh, okay so as once you decided to start how long did it take you to like kind of get frustrated with the the length of time that it was taking well there are a couple of different times I got frustrated for different reasons and like the first one was when my bonus daughter's mom got pregnant. Ooh. And this was like, I had been consistently praying for this. And then it was like, nope, not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was kind of, I was like, what? And like, I literally, I was sick for two days. Like, like I cried for two days. Like it was that bad. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand. And like nobody, like my husband didn't understand. Cause he was like, are you, how are you mad at somebody? I was like, I'm not mad at her. I was like, I'm just. I don't understand. So I'm, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because I've been praying for this, and then it's like, but nah, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just want it to be your turn. Yeah, those are definitely normal emotions and feelings. So at that point, would you say it had been a couple of years or a few months once you were like, oh, it? We feel like it should have happened by now. Yeah, it was probably. I think at that point, maybe about a year or so. Okay. And you said that was the first time. So do you wish it like the next time? <laughs> well, then the next time it was a little um, different because I was actually in a situation where I was having um, like pseudo signs, like pseudo symptoms. And so I was literally like, I felt nauseous and I was feeling like tenderness of the breast and all of that stuff. And so like when you, cause those are things you hear and you look up you like, those are the signs. So I was like, oh, this could be it. This might be it. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I was telling myself, I'm not going to get excited, but you still, you're thinking like, this could be it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember going to a main appointment, go see my doctor. And she was, she was like, well, we can check you out and everything. And we can actually give you the test and see just to be sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah, do that. And we went through the whole checkup and then I waited for the test and she came back and she was like, you're not pregnant and I said like and and again I went to sit in my car and I cried (laughs) because it was like heartbreaking because I was like I felt 
all the symptoms and so I was mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. and then um and then I actually googled I went and looked that up and that's a thing and I'm like that's that's a cruel joke like mm-hmm. to have pseudo symptoms and to take the test and it's like no and so yeah wow. um just a, I have a kind of a follow-up question so when you went to see your doctor had you taken like an at-home test or you were just like I'm gonna wait you know and find out at at the doctor I, I had taken one but I was like maybe mine wasn't right <laughs> so yeah. I was like holding out hope no I who yeah because at home you don't necessarily always trust it yeah. it's like no I need to go see a doctor right the last year but like right before the year right before I got pregnant that was that was probably that was the hardest year okay. and like and that was um I would wake up in the middle of the night crying <laughs> um because I took so many tests because it was like every time my cycle would be off or it'd be late and I'd be like but is it or whatever and I go get a test and then it's like a no and a no and a no. <laughs> so mm. and it was like and at one point like I know I remember um like fussing at God because <laughs> I was like I get it it's gonna be a great testimony woohoo whatever <laughs> but why why me <laughs> I don't but I mean like I was in like my husband would wake up to me like crying my eyes out <laughs> and he's like are you okay I'm like I'm fine I'm fine but, but it got really bad like I think like for like three months and what was that was 2020 okay like like August September October I was um, a complete mess and I didn't even know like I ended up talking to Roz actually about it. And she was like you were in a depression like I didn't even know what it was I just knew I was like I was people couldn't say anything to me I would just fall apart and it was it got really bad <laughs> towards yeah. the end I can um I can only imagine because the time that you and I met was 2019 and like uh, we had like a conversation about it and like it, it stuck with me like you know how you you talk to people and uh, you know they might say something and it's like oh man you know I'm I'm gonna pray for you or you know I'll definitely keep you in my thoughts but like that was something that actually stuck with me <laughs> like you know like I would for I think from that day to the time that you actually like sent me the invitation for the gender reveal um like it was something that was constantly on my mind mm-hmm. um and so like you talking about like August September October 2020 that would have been a year from the time that we met. So just like imagining that length of time between how you felt when we had that conversation to when it, you know, actually happened is, um, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. And like I said, you're a friend of a friend. So we're not like besties or anything like yeah. that, but I feel like we always have a good time when we're around each other. Yeah. And, and so I, I think the fact that we have someone who we're both close to just made me feel like, oh, this is like, someone who I have to like pray for and have to think about and, and things like that. So, um, and yeah, I appreciated so- those texts too. When you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl, no problem. During the time when, you know, things were frustrating and you were trying, do you feel like the doctors were comforting to you or encouraging? Did they recommend anything for you to try? What were those conversations like with your doctors during that time? Um, so earlier on, I had been diagnosed with PCOS, so I knew that it would be difficult, but they were like, it's not impossible, um, to conceive. And then 
like after I know in 2017 I had a procedure done because they said I had polyps that I had to get removed and so I had that done and then after that they was like it should be that should make it easier and then of course after the whole pseudo symptom deal then she started suggesting like that I try to lose weight because she was saying that um there were women that she knew who just lost the weight and then end up getting pregnant and so that was like the next plan of action so I just try to get the weight off was there um because I think I I knew you around this time was there anything that you were like any specific um like plan that you were using were you did you use like keto I don't know yeah okay yeah (laughs) initially I didn't because like in 2018 because that's when Roz got married right yeah I think so I lost five pounds to get in the dress (laughs) (laughs) and that was it and then after the wedding I was like whoo I (laughs) that's over but like when 2019 came in and I was like, I was really sick of feeling heavy and I was like, I really got to get this off. And so that's actually when um, my husband was like, like scouring the internet, trying to find a diet that would work for me. Cause he knew I wouldn't get up, give up my chocolate. And so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how keto came into play because you could still have your chocolate and stuff with that. So yeah, it was, okay. we started doing keto in 2019. Okay. I didn't know that about keto. I thought it was um, mm-hmm. like anything sweet because they can't have, you can't have fruit, right? The carbs. It's certain fruit that you can't have. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So during the time that, you know, you're trying your different diets and you're trying to conceive, did you feel any pressure from people around you? Like, you know, like when people first get married, they're always getting asked the question of, well, oh, when are the babies coming? Are you having mm-hmm. kids? Like what, what were those conversations like? And if you don't mind sharing some of your responses, because I'm always interested <laughs> to hear how people respond to that question, because I don't know about you. I, for me, I understand it's a very normal, natural question, but I really don't like when I'm asked that question or when other people ask other right. people that question around it's me. It's very invasive. <laughs> it, um, I didn't like it. Um, there were people like every time she was like, y'all ain't had no kids yet. Y'all don't want kids. I was like, uh, yeah, we want kids. It just hasn't happened yet. And um, I know a couple of times I, I did take to social media and um, <laughs> to just do like a, a TBA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I put up like the little Medea thing with the gun, like ask me that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's ridiculous. And it's really nobody's business what goes on in my bedroom. So I was like, please, because it's not, it's very rude. It but, is. Yeah. And, and it, like, realistically, what can they do other than pray for you, which is right. great, which I need right. you to be praying for me anyway. Right. <laughs> Regardless of you knowing that information. But yeah, it's, it's very invasive. And I understand depending on the culture, the age of yeah. the person, I understand that it is very normal, but. I think every woman should just envision their themselves on the other side of that being asked that question. Cause I don't think they mean it in a bad way, but it it's not, they don't think about it before they say it. Cause then it's like, what you waiting on? Nothing. I'm not, <laughs> we're not waiting at all. Actually, I'm like, I don't know. What do you want me to say? We're having sex every night. I don't know. What do you want to know? <laughs> right. How, how much detail? <laughs> <laughs> and And then it's, it, I think it oversimplifies 
the situation, even if Mm -hmm. people have felt like, oh, it's easy, you know, depending on your faith, it's like we as humans can't just snap our fingers and make ourselves pregnant. Right. This is a miracle that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people can be really insensitive. Um, An old church friend of of mine recently posted um, that they're expecting. And one of the things that she said that I loved in her um, caption when she made the announcement was, think before you comment, (laughs) because, you know, I don't want to see anybody saying, oh, it's about time. Everybody's journey is different. And like the fact that she said that, I'm like, yes, girl, let these people know, because there's always somebody who comes in like, oh, it's about time. Who's always, Always. you know, (laughs) someone else's timeline. (laughs) So I, I feel like I, I wish I had more questions around like the um, like the PCOS and how that impacted, but I, I don't. But is there anything that you wanted to share about like that journey and kind of the toll that it took on you? The only thing I knew is that that um, that I had it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And actually until recently, it was like after we had um, done keto and I in because we started like in May of 2019 and from May to December I lost like 30 pounds and then afterwards I was looking it up and it was saying that that's actually keto is a diet they recommend for women who have PCOS and I was like really oh wow so like all this time (laughs) I was like so that's something I could have been doing all this time like I didn't know okay wow Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that I only know one other person who um at least has openly shared it you know Mm -hmm. so um I know like the things that she's experienced um, as a result of it. But um, back to like the pregnancy um, types of questions. When did you find out that you were expecting and what was your reaction? I actually found out the day after my birthday last year. And so, and I was scared because we was like, because we had just had like, a, um, I did a Zoom birthday thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we had like food and everybody had like a glass of wine. And so I was like, oh crap. When I found out, <laughs> but I was like, I was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I found out and I was like, I literally, when I um, did the test and before I walked out, I saw it already moving. I was like, wait, what? And I was like, I'm not going to look yet. I'm not going to look. <laughs> I just walked out and I waited for my time to go off and I went back and I was like, I just looked at it and I went back in my room and just fell on the floor and just cried. <laughs> And like, just like thanking God and, but it was very emotional. (laughs) Yeah. What was your husband's reaction? So actually I didn't, he was out on the road, so I didn't tell him. And so he got home that night because I called him because I was so excited, but then I was like, I don't want to tell him this over the phone. Yeah. (laughs) So he, he was talking. I didn't know. I don't, I don't remember what he was saying because I was just in my own head. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." and I was like. (laughs) Because I was, because, because I was going back and forth, like, am I going to tell him this right now? Or like, I was trying to see when if I was going to interject. And then at the same time, it was almost time for our, the Zoom Bible study we have with our church. So I was like, well, it's about seven o'clock. So I'm just going <laughs> to jump on this. <laughs> so I ended up not telling him, but when he got home, I still didn't tell him. I just showed him the test and he was like, and he just, he was like, you can't wait to show me. You, you can't wait. I was like, No. <laughs> Was it a digital test or one of the ones with the lines? It was the one with the line from the Dollar Tree. Yeah. (laughs) Because those lines be tricky. Yeah, they do. 
but I was like, I had spent so much money. Like I was like, look, um, cause I had a family member tell me, she was like, girl, the ones at Dollar Tree are the same ones they have in the doctor's office. So it's just like, it's those. And yeah. so where, um, I guess, where were you like emotionally at this point? Was it, um, so I know that you mentioned, oh, we weren't doing anything to prevent it. But at this mm-hmm. point, where were you emotionally? Were you in the place where you were like, oh, every day I'm still like hopeful for this? Um, or were you kind of like, whatever, if it happens, it happens. Um, where were you? Actually, like at the end of the year, um, 2020, I was like, because I had just had another kind of episode and I was like if if I take the test and it's negative I'm just going to go ahead and start um preparing for the fertility treatments because I had already discussed that with my doctor and so I was like if it's negative then I'll just make the appointment for um the new year and start start that up but yeah I didn't get to that so Got you. Yeah. When's your birthday? Yeah. I know you said it was after your birthday. Yeah, February the 9th. Okay. So literally so. <laughs> the next day. And because what was happening, I was I was feeling like that I was I was cramping. And I was like, normally that means my cycle's gonna start. And I had it kept happening, but there was no cycle. So I was like, because every time I come, I said, Well, this is finna come. And like for me, um, we call my cycle Alana. So I was like, Well, Alana's she's on, she coming. <laughs> But then she never came. So I was like, I was like, okay. So I called um, the, my doctor's office and I was like, I think that was after I took the test. Cause after, after that kept happening, I was like, well, let me just go. Cause I actually bought the test so I can rule, rule pregnancy out. I was like, I'm just going to take the test just so I can rule it out and see what's going on with my body. Cause I was already sure that wasn't it. So I was like, I'm just going to get this test so I can just be sure that that's not it. And then move forward. And um, yeah, so that it actually was that <laughs> so but after that happened and I called my doctor and she was like yeah that she was like yeah well congratulations you're pregnant <laughs> wow, wow. So, we mentioned earlier how you did discuss a little bit with Samaria about you being on your journey to conceive I believe mm-hmm. that Samaria was aware of it was this something that you openly shared with other people around you like in your immediate and extended family or friends do you feel like you were maybe an open book at that time or were you more selective about who you were sharing your journey with um I was I was kind of selective I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people about it okay just people who are like kind of my inner circle and next to my inner circle like I didn't really (laughs) I didn't talk about it a lot yeah once you found out that you were pregnant though what was that like for you? Were you like, hey, everyone, I'm pregnant? Or did you feel the need to con- or conceal the fact that you were pregnant, being that it had been a bit of a journey to get there? Yeah, well, like, we literally only told family, like close family at that. Well, close family and friends that were family. Mm-hmm. And so like, and that was like within the first month, I think we, that's all we told. And then I was like, nobody posts to Facebook. like I didn't want it on there yeah I was like I don't want it I just kind of because it was kind of precious to me because it it had taken as long as I just wanted to protect the news like a little more a little Mm -hmm. longer so yeah I didn't want that out I don't think I think we waited until well I know I purposely didn't post any pictures until after he was born so and um like the rest of the family found out during the gender reveal I think around that time yeah but yeah I didn't no, I was like, I'm not 
tell anybody. I just wanted to keep it inside. You did a great job with that. <laughs> um, I, look, I have people like in my class, they was like, so how you just gonna pop out with a whole baby? Like, when were you even pregnant? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was, I was just, and it helps that I don't live in the, in my same hometown anymore. Because mm-hmm. then everybody would have known. But yeah, I think even for women who have a different experience on their journey to conceive, especially those earlier months. And I think unless you're in it, you don't know how you how open you'll be right. when you're pregnant until you're pregnant, I think. Mm-hmm. Until you're in it, because you still may feel the need to keep it close to home. Yeah, because yeah. I was nervous, like, because then I was watching, at that time, I was deep in the Black Love series, and I was watching, they, like, one of the couples was talking about how they got all the way to the to the room, and they had the baby, and then they lost the baby, and I was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, uh-uh, and I was like, no, you know what, God not gonna play me like that, <laughs> he's not gonna play me, yeah. I was like, I don't wait too long, I was like, he's not gonna play me like that, so I was like, <laughs> rebuking all that stuff, but that was another thing, is I didn't want to tell people, and then I ended up losing the baby. Oh, and then, so I was like, then I'll have to go back and retract everything. And I was just, yeah, it that's when your, t- your uh, prayers turn, uh, turn from, oh God, please let this be the God. You better not, <laughs> you better not, <laughs> don't you dare. Don't do it. Don't but do I feel it. like when you're pregnant and you're like watching videos on YouTube, every, it just sends you down a rabbit hole of situations <laughs> and things yeah. that don't have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So Girl, I'm not even pregnant. I'm already down those rabbit holes. I'm like, oh. <laughs> everything. Like everything. Like I was super nervous about the epidural. Like, because people were like, oh, if you move, you're going to be paralyzed. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I was super nervous. Like I asked my doctor, I was like, okay. So because she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just nervous about this epidural. She's like, well, you can take other medicines but they're not as strong and I was mm-hmm. like well no I don't know <laughs> but she was like well you have plenty of time you don't have to decide now because it's like three months in <laughs> she was like you don't have to decide today <laughs> but I was I was struggling I was like oh I don't know but it wasn't it wasn't that bad and I think I have a high tolerance for pain that I didn't calculate that in at the time mm-hmm. but it wasn't that bad it literally was like a little pinch in mm-hmm. my back Oh yeah. Once, once you have that versus contractions, a little pinch is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It was nothing. Uh, So you, uh, you gave birth during the pandemic. uh, Still, (laughs) Uh, Was it, I think it was after vaccines still, right? Like after people could get vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm wondering last week we had um, Yosha and a couple of other ladies like share their experience, like um, having babies during a pandemic. And so I'm wondering like what your birth story was, um, was kind of like. Well, it changed like um, in a matter of months because everything was getting better. So they was like opening up the guidelines for who they was allowing in the delivery room because mm-hmm. they was like it went from one person and it was like well now we'll let two people but then by the time September came around it was like back to one because it was ramping up again and so I was like okay so it was just gonna be me and my husband and my mom got excited because she thought she was gonna be in. <laughs> and then it was like no just one person so she was like oh, okay and um and even when I went in there, like we had to keep our mask on in the room until, well, like they tested me 
and I had to wait. They said two hours, but I waited like all night for them to bring the test results back. <laughs> they were like, once they brought the, my test results back that I was um, good, then they was like, I could remove my mask, but they would still wear theirs. But they said I could remove mine because it would be hard to mm -hmm. breathe in and doing all that <laughs> with the mask on. So but it was definitely, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Um, and the other uh, question that I had was, um, mm -hmm. are there, you talked about like the fears that you had about, um, you know, losing the baby and like things that could happen along the way during the pregnancy as are those still fears that you have like going forward with pregnancies that by the will of God, you know, like will come in the future? Um, no, not really. The only thing now was that, um, because she was like, well, just try not to get pregnant, like within the first six months, if you just had a baby because of all the complications that could come. So I was nervous about that because I was like trying to make sure I'm popping those birth control pills because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to put myself or our child in danger by like trying to get pregnant too soon. So that's the only, but other than that, no, I'm more, I'm more relaxed about it now <laughs> that I've gone through it. I'm glad. And um, if you want to share, like, what are your favorite things about being a mom? I know it, it hasn't been a year yet. No, it's just he's just, like, he just turned five months, like five months uh, okay. a week ago. Yeah. Little baby. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what, what things are you enjoying about motherhood? Um, what are things that like surprise you about motherhood? He was very, I don't know how to describe it, like advanced. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I said, like something about the pandemic babies. I don't know. Built different. Like, like yeah, he literally has been trying to sit up since he was three weeks old. Like he's like trying to hold his head up. And like Ooh. I took a picture of him and they was like, is he sitting up by himself? I was like, yeah. He was like propped up on the bobby pillow. Like <laughs> I was like, I don't know. But he's been he's been teething since he was two months. Like no what? teeth yet, but he was doing it like that thing. And we had to get him teething toys and I was like but what in the world it's like according to the Googles this is not supposed to be happening <laughs> he was like trying to hold his bottle I'm like you're not supposed to do this till six months you're three months early sir I need you to reel this in so it's he said I'm making room for my sibling <laughs> that's, yeah that's what that keeps saying it was like he trying to make room for the rest of them I was like I guess so because he's very advanced I like I like the morning cuddles. I like when he first wake up because he's in when I pick him up because he's trying to stretch his body out and he cuddles in. So I like that. I enjoy those. Oh, that's so precious. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like I wasn't expecting the snuggles. <laughs> they're really nice because they're genuine snuggles. Because mm -hmm. you don't ask for them. They just like mommy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know what made me laugh was because um, Google has been something that you brought up a few times in this conversation. Yeah. And I remember the time we like physically met for the first time, you had seen a praying mantis on your window. Yeah. So I immediately Googled it. And yeah. she, she had like <laughs> screenshots of everything that Google said about a praying mantis. I was like, okay, this is detailed, but maybe she's just into that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I'll just be, re I'm into research and stuff. And it's a, I don't know. It's a habit. Like if somebody is, I, I use it all the time. Like we, we're into like sports here. So I'll be like, 
basketball game tonight. Google. <laughs> I can see what, what games are playing, what channels. I don't know. It's a habit. Well, just to circle back just a little bit, we touched on how, you know, people will ask questions about your timeline as far as conceiving. Are there any things that you wish that people would stop saying to women, whether they have kids or they don't, in regarding pregnancy? Um, just like be more thoughtful in the way you approach people because you don't know where they're at, like mentally, emotionally, like you don't know. And um, some of those things can like set people off, like and send them spiraling, and and you can like unknowingly cause <laughs> like all type of things. So you know, just being more thoughtful in the way that you approach people, because mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is unnecessary to ask. You don't need to know when they're getting started. <laughs> I mean, that's none of your business. So you know, just being more thoughtful. Have you had uh, anyone start asking you, so when are we getting the next kid? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think, not yet. And hopefully they won't. Cause that's like, I've been, I was very vocal about, um, um, well, about a lot of things <laughs> leading up to it. Cause I was just like, I'm not about this. And a lot of people's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully they got the message. Cause I'm really, I'm not good with, I can hold my tongue, but then my face does things. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they don't ask me. Yeah. I think it's also insensitive. Even if a person has just had a child right. and they've just given birth and People are already like, oh, when's the next one coming? And mm-hmm. I feel like when it's so soon, it's it's very dismissive of the experience that right. they just went through right. to bring a whole child into this world, mm-hmm. let alone like the fourth trimester of breastfeeding, healing. And yeah. they're already like, oh, yeah, you just went through that. But we want to know <laughs> what's coming next. It's, it's, it's somewhat never ending. And I know that they don't mean any harm by it, but... Right. It applies when you don't have a kid. And then even once you've had one, people are already ready for you to be on to the next. It's like, can I enjoy this beautiful blessing that I have in front of me before you put me to task again? Right. (laughs) And now they have asked me like, so how many more y'all want? Or, Mm. or like they said, like, um, or do y'all plan on him? Cause like, I guess they thought I was going to say no after my first one. Mm. And they was like, you, you're not gonna have no more, are you? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, we still, we still want more. And they what kind like, of question is that? They was like, oh, you still, oh, okay, then. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> our plans didn't change just because we just had one. I don't, I was like, it actually wasn't a hard time for me. So, because mm. they thought, um, I guess they thought it would be rough based on their experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know. I had the epidural. I was fine. <laughs> it worked. And the, it the worked. pregnancy was like smooth as well. Yeah. Well, there was something like it was smooth um, for the most part, but there are things like people don't tell you that like it does a lot to your body. Um, not just the morning sickness and stuff. That's like base the basic stuff. That's and easy. I didn't even I didn't even have that, which I'm thankful for. But like I got carpal tunnel in my well, they said carpal tunnel syndrome in my left hand, mm-hmm. which is the hand I write with. So like for a whole, and I think they came like in June. So from June to October, I was writing everything with my right hand. 
Mm. I could not use, like I lost use of my left hand. It hurt so bad that, and then I lost feeling in my, you know what? It was my whole left side, <laughs> my what? left side, my left leg, like from, from right above my knee up, mm-hmm. like I lost feeling and it happened. I was standing up one day and I was like, I can't feel my leg. I was like, <laughs> I was like my leg just went to sleep. And apparently my doctor was like, well, yeah, that's from the baby leaning on that nerve. And my husband liked to make a joke. He's like, see, I'm going to tell the baby, he already was getting on your nerves when he came out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. But yeah, and, and that feeling still has not came back, by the way. But um, yeah. in my in my leg, I did. I do have use of my left hand now. But yeah, that feeling in my leg is it's still numb. And that's fine. Wow. So I guess it's just, that's just casualty yeah and and if the audience hasn't already make sure you go back to listen to our last episode pregnancy where they don't tell you we had a great conversation just discussing um the openness of women during pregnancy and Mm -hmm. um, the lack thereof sometimes so make sure y'all go check that out yeah and kind of just the last thing to sum it up that I want to ask you you've talked about your faith a lot um so I just for other women who are um, on their journey currently, right, mm-hmm. to conceive, and they find a gap between when they started trying and um, when the baby is going to come, like, what are some ways that you navigated those emotions? For me, since I write a lot, um, I kind of focused all of that energy into my books and just trying to, um, like during that time, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of trying to just compose, just put out my books to keep my mind off of that what was going on. So I kind of got real, not busy, but just, I kept myself occupied just by um, putting out books and promoting them and stuff like that. Gotcha. So that was, that was my thing. Cause it took my mind off of, I wasn't just sitting there idly thinking about being pregnant and all of that. So what was like the time from the number of years? So you said from 27 to you're I'm, I just turned 34 in February. Okay. So gotcha. Okay. That was close. That but was it was literally though, I mean, because we was like it's literally a nine year because like I said, we wanted, we always wanted kids the whole time. We just never because we never tried to prevent it. Mm-hmm. We just weren't actively trying until then. So Thank you so much for joining us, Alicia. You have such like a calm, <laughs> like a calm tone and spirit. So um, it's been really nice having you. And to our audience, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals podcast, where we'll continue this conversation over the next week. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time. Bye. Thank you.